0: Hello and welcome back to the Cortex Digital Shipping Podcast. This is the next episode of a new series we're trying out where we're having a bit more personal conversations with um, our own team members, people from the industry to deep dive into some really interesting topics. Today, joining me is um, two colleagues from Cortex, Natsen and Gideon. Hey guys. Hello. Leo. Um, so today, what I want to talk about, uh, yeah, you gotta be louder. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. No, keep going. Keep going. It's fine. Um, this is the, the more personal part of it. No, no. Um, so today what I want to talk about, um, is sustainability. So I think sustainability is kind of an overused term now, especially for us. I mean, when people think about sustainability, I think they mean, or they think automatically something for the environment, which is true. And we definitely have that with our products, but, um, What's more important for us in the maritime industry is making changes that last, are sustainable. You know, right now we speak to a lot of people onshore, a lot of the ship owners, the management teams at those companies, but we really need to include the seafarers and the people that are using our products day to day that are helping you guys um, onboard mm-hmm. and implement okay. it, and make it sustainable. So wh- you both sailed. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your experience sailing, just so we have uh, some background.
1: Oh, hi. Uh, <coughs> Sorry. Hi, so before I sailed as. I sailed. A, sorry? That's
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where did you sail?
1: So I, I, I was in the shipping industry since 2013. So I sailed as an electrotechnical officer uh, on Torm Shipping. Torm? Yeah. Okay. So, it's a d- Danish company. Yeah. So, I sailed as an electrotechnical officer. So, mainly the electrotechnical officer is the one responsible for e- any electronics and electrical equipment on board ship. Okay. So, any changes on the technology pr- perspective, mm-hmm. so it will be the ETO who, who f- will be in the first hand to experience it. Okay. Yeah. Then, on 2019, I joined Cordex. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Where, so, where were you sailing, Nathan?
1: Uh, so
2: I've been sailing since 2008. Uh, so I mean, that's I mean, long time. Uh, we we start as a cadet, um, then move up to um, the next rank each time. So, okay. Um, I I was sailing with AT and uh, then Eagle Star, mm-hmm. um, and then I reached the rank of second engineer till 2018 when I joined a uh, startup, uh, the Codex. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's been an interesting uh, journey.
0: So like when. Who, who is on the ship that I guess would say, you have a new technology, we're going to change something about your day-to-day operations. You're going to need to now put all of this um, data into an Excel sheet, which is going to be fed into a dashboard. Who would be telling you about that? How would you guys find out about this?
2: I mean, if, if it's a new technology, I mean, that part of it, it won't come up when you're on board. They, they would train you before... You go on board. Okay. Yeah, so that's why, like, um, the newer dual fuel engine. Yeah. um, uh, Electronic engine, those kind of things. But in terms of, like, our products, where where we are giving them a new software. And uh, the input will normally come from their superintendent or their training department, those kind of guys. And uh, they try to um, put in um, some type of uh, virtual learning. Okay. A lot of uh, computer-based learning uh, on board. We can provide uh, training to
0: the vessel so you do both so you have to be on shore they'll tell you about the changes and then you okay. all right
1: they will send you to the to, uh, to the training facilities to, to introduce this new technology yeah then uh that's a the time they uh, they will send you on board and you will experience it firsthand uh that's based on my experience
0: and do they explain why they're rolling out these new things so like for example optimax that's measuring um, from sensors on the main engine, auxiliary engines, boilers. Um, typically, I, before IoT, these would have been written down in a logbook, right? Um, so that's a massive change to um, the crew's day-to-day operations. Do they explain why they're now using OptiMax, for example?
2: Um, I mean, they, they, there would be explanation, but generally people would be, especially the, the, the senior officers who are going to be dealing with this, they would be aware on it. Okay. Uh, like, um, because the regulation, when the regulation comes about, it, it yeah. seafarers uh, would would have some indication on it because it would be the the front line is against it. So um, the awareness would be there, but again, uh, the explanation would be given by by the, the shore side as well. Even with the awareness, the buy-in might not be there. Yeah. Or especially, uh, there might be some hesitance from the seafarers in terms of.
0: It's and why? Or what are they hesitant about? It. Do they think they're going to be
2: the transparency was never there. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's never uh, whatever happening on board is controlled. Yeah. And what what's being uh, transmitted to the shore is limited, like uh, people uh, yeah. through emails and calls. That's it. Yeah. And uh, now everyone can see it directly. The, the, the flow meters is right, there and yeah. you see the data coming in. So. Some people take it as a positive, some people as a negative thing. So it's there.
0: Like, are they scared of making a mistake and it being more visible?
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Is there a fear of like automating people off the ship saying, well, we we no longer need the same number of crew. We can reduce it by.
2: That's always been there. I mean, it's been reduced. Yeah. Like from, I don't know, from 50 people in a ship. Now we can operate a ship (coughs) of, uh, yeah, like 20 the VACC is like 20 something people operating the whole vessel so yeah always been there people are aware of it yeah. but some some pushback will be there because of
0: it as well and who are the who are like the main people that push back is it the demographic is it a certain age is it a certain role type is it a certain I don't know who, who's usually pushing back
2: I don't think there's I mean no? the age wise yes I mean the, the older generation might have some one is fear against all new technology, and also like they are not so yeah. non, they are not so uh, aware of the new technologies coming in using a computer and, and those things. But um, but it, it's not specific though. It's yeah. very difficult to say. Like even the younger guys might might feel same way. Mm-hmm. It's just the way yeah. that we've been doing a thing. Like it's just changing your whole uh, uh, culture. Yeah. New thing. So it's always the the buy in from the human. Side, I mean, the the seafarer side, it will be the um, thing to do.
0: Do, Who do you think should drive that? Oh, (laughs) 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 not at
1: once. (laughs) Well, the change is about the perspective of the people, it's not about the age. Okay, I've known some people which are very senior already, but they accept change. Yeah, so those people are wanted to learn, and there are some also younger generation who are afraid of changes. True. So they are the one who are likely to push back new hmm. technologies. So the world is fast changing, yes, and maritime industry is part of it. So I think we uh, have to change the perspective of the ship uh, pers- ship personnel.
0: Mm-hmm. What louder, closer? Sorry. <laughs>
1: Sorry. <laughs> so, uh,
0: yeah, keep going, keep going. <laughs>
1: so, so yeah, so I think we need to change the perspective of the people in the shipping industry so that we can just to the change and t- introduce them to the change in technology yeah so that eventually they will accept because the technology is here for them to use to make their lives a little bit easy mm-hmm. right yeah i mean in terms of who who can push it
2: um generally it does come from the owners or the operators the, the short side of yeah. it yeah it's very difficult to change people un- unless they really want to. And yeah. they have to internally adapt yeah. to the, the, the changes that's coming. And that's the only way it can change. It. Because the, the, it, it's the same thing with the safety aspect of it. Right? Yeah. people, It's always been pushed, but unless they buy buy into it, it's nothing. Unless goes, they have yeah, to.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, we've, we've talked about that already with um, John, our CEO, and a few other people. And... There's so many like stakeholders that do need to change. It's hard to see which one is best to start that change. Mm -hmm. So I was asking first, like, how do they, how does the ship owner inform you of a new technology that's being brought on the vessel? Because to me, I'm not sailed. um, But to me, it sounds like the the best way to create a sustainable change is through education. Because I assume... Um, you want to, if you're implementing something new, you don't want to change their day-to-day too much. You want them, and you want to show them that they're not just filling in this one field on this software for no reason. Now being able to really accurately see how much fuel you are consuming, and there's a lasting impact on that. So or, um, in your experiences, came to environmental regulations, for example, um, whether it be s- slower speed for sailing or different types of fuel did they educate you on um, why these impacts were important or why they were now taking on these environment focused regular um, initiatives
2: yeah, yeah i mean like when when the um about 2015 2016 we had the whole um
0: um, slow speed the, oh the mgo change oh yeah so yeah
2: to p- go to the p- point one sulfur so there was a proper training um, method yeah out. like th- especially the senior officers were educated or like wh- when wh- when do you do the changeover and mm-hmm. there were yeah. people doing the training on it as well um and you use the calculators um, <laughs> and where to do the changeover and and you develop the sops on it so that that part was done yeah but um those are regulation-based. Yeah. 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 So, um, well,
0: everything we do is kind of regulation-based.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, th- when, when it's something to do with regulation, people get yeah. more. Intense yeah. Pressure. Yeah. So, then people, there's no, it's no choice. Yeah. To, yeah exactly. to, to adapt to it. So, they, they do adapt. But it's just like, how they do it mm-hmm. yeah, that that would be the difference
0: and people find a way of doing things differently if they want to always yeah. <laughs> <laughs> find a way to do it slightly different so in your opinion or in your you, both of your opinions what is the um, the best thing and what is the first thing you should do to make these kinds of changes sustainable across the entire workflow of a shipping company from the crew on board the vessel to the management on shore what would you say is the first thing they should do or we should do as an industry and what's and if it is what's the best thing we can do to make the whole thing sustainable and long lasting
1: i guess i guess we should uh we should know the value of what we're giving to the customers okay so once uh, we provide these services and uh customers are the sh- sh- uh, ship owners sh- ship management and the ship personnel knows, what we are giving into them and they will appreciate it. Then, eventually... uh, (laughs) Yeah. 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 Then, uh, also, I think we need to adapt to the Maritime Organization, the IMO, so that that they, they are the regulatory so once they know of value also, I think we can make a sustainable product for it.
0: So you mean inform IMO of what we're doing yeah. more proactively? Because
1: now I think shipping, shipping industry is moving toward clean energy, uh, human safety. So that's what is uh, Solace, right? It's doing and uh, Marple, maritime pollution. So uh, as long as we tap those aspects, I think we can have a sustainable product uh, for the future of the maritime industry.
0: Yeah. Um, I think we, we definitely do that at cortex already like we take on what the IMO initiatives are and the changes but you're saying we should like well um, IMO more about cortex and um, to push what we're doing or similar solutions yes no yeah I so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I
1: mean, yeah I think so yeah. uh, there's a lot of startups happening now right yeah it's it's became a race actually so I think <laughs> no I agree yeah, no. yeah so I think we need to. We need to also inform IMO regarding that. yeah the IMO will appreciate the value of that product we are giving. yep, and eventually uh, we can put it into the regulation then we can have a sustainability so that in, that will also uh, includes the clean energy mm-hmm. safety regulations and uh, fuel efficiency and emission control. I think that's uh, how how to do it. I mean,
2: what do you think that? I mean that that's one of it. Uh, but uh, I, the other part of it, like especially the sh- uh, offshore side, to have them feel more uh, um, you know, better, the product will be like making them aware that uh, the product is just not for for the shore side. Like yeah, that's that's yeah, that's, exactly. um, that's a feeling that a lot of them have shared with us because okay. we are going for installation. They have shared uh, what... We don't want Shaw to see this, but uh, they are not aware that yeah. By Shaw seeing this, they, they c- should be aware of what's going on. on and they can help them. Yes, one is that, and like there's no, there will be always um, some. Uh, uh, it's a way of uh, ship staff to push shore to provide uh, spare parts. You can yeah, say exactly. this, this is happening. Everyone should be able to see this. Provide the spare parts. And exactly. That, so it, it's, it's a two way thing, and the transparency helps both. But um, that that part of it is still they still don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's that's something that we have to push, and we are trying to do it every time we go for installation, and we try. to... Yeah, the monitoring, the the emission, that part is there, and that that have to be there. Yeah. They are aware of that, but um, just this connection to shore, um is is what making them a bit more. Um, no more yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so on it. like so another step would then definitely be making the relationship between shore and the vessel a bit warmer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that it's not like a parent trying to catch you out in a lie yeah, exactly. they're there to actually help yeah i can
1: uh, yeah. it makes a lot of sense uh this technology making work together uh that's why our, one of our products harmonics that door and the mm-hmm. vessel will work in harmony yeah. Yeah. Right. To, to eventually, they will have an efficient ship operation. So I think that's how those technologies help.
0: Cool. Have any other comments? Uh, it's been really nice speaking to both of you this morning. Yeah, been a fun, fun talk. fun. <laughs> <Quick Yeah. one. laughs> Are you ready to go go back sailing? No. Not, it, it's fun.
2: I mean, yeah. it, it was fun when we were doing it. It just gets old. And as you grow in rank, it, it gets a bit more redundant. More. Yeah.
0: yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much, both of you, for joining this morning. Um, hopefully, we can have you back again and we could talk about some more stuff together.
2: Sure. That'll be fun. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I'll be more ready.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Have a script next time. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll join you in the next episode of the Cortex Digital Shipping Podcast. Have a good day. All right. Bye, guys.